0: So good morning to everyone. Good morning, those who are regulars, those who are for the very first time with us. It's such a privilege that we're able to be in the presence of our Father, all together worshiping Him and praising Him. And one thing that we love to do every time we come together is being around God's Word. And we hope and we know that Because we're reading from the Word of God that He will speak into our hearts. And every time that He speaks, He's going to change things. So are you ready to be changed by God this morning? Wow. I don't know if I would say it as boldly as you, but yes, we want to. We want God to speak into our hearts. We want God to change things in us. And a few days ago, I was reading a devotional about this passage that Josh is going to put on the screen. And John... Chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. And the Bible says, and these are Jesus' words, And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And this devotional, basically a devotional, is... Uh, an author shares some thoughts about a passage, kind of the same way that a preacher does on a Sunday morning, but it's in written form and usually it's small portions that you can just use it to meditate on God's Word. So if you don't have a devotional Uh, that you follow daily alongside reading and meditating on God's Word, I seriously encourage you to do that. It really helps us to focus on what the Word of God is telling us. And I was reading this devotional. It was definitely shedding some new light on this subject of what it means to pray in Jesus' name. And it prompted me to study, and I wanted to share with you some of the things that I've learned recently. Because based on this verse, it's normal for us to conclude our prayers with, in Jesus' name, right? We usually say it in prayer. It expresses Jesus' wish for us to specifically pray and ask for things in His name. I think we all do it as Christians. And sometimes it can be out of habit. But if we could understand the reason for this habit and going into the Word of God... It changes things. I think that we can all testify that we used used Jesus' name in prayer, and we did not receive what we asked for. I believe that many times when we conclude our prayers in Jesus' name, we just canceled out our requests to God. Fascinating, isn't it? We pray, we say what is in our hearts, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen, and basically with that sentence, everything that we prayed goes out of the window. Why? Jesus surely didn't overpromise when he told us to ask for things in his name, and we would receive. I believe that God wants us to see prayers answered like we've never seen before in our lives. So there must be some more truth to it. There must be some more truth. And the key, I believe, is for us as Christ followers to understand the meaning of asking in Jesus' name. And whether we've been using it correctly or incorrectly all this time. The legitimate use of the name of Jesus or the lack of it must determine whether we get what we pray for. And this is so important for our lives, because we know that prayer is part of our daily lives with God. Now, the first thing we've got to answer is, what is this concept? What is the principle in my name, in Jesus' name? What does it even mean? And to understand this, we have to understand a little bit of theology. God has already determined what He does in history, what He does on earth, where you and I live, and he will do it by means of Jesus Christ. And this is what the Bible says in 1 Timothy 2.5. 2, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. And in Hebrews 7 says, But Jesus, on the other hand, because he continues forever, holds his priesthood permanently. Therefore he is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus ever lives to be the intercessor, this interconnection point between our lives and God. So the word of God, the ways of God are mediated or transferred by and through the person of Christ Jesus. So when we talk about his name, we're not talking about his name alone. We're talking about the person of Jesus. The person who stands behind the name. So when we say in the name of Jesus or in Jesus' name, you need to know that Jesus whose name you just use, can't be just a word. It has to be authorized use of the person whose name you just called. In other words, just because you authorize someone to go to the bank in your name, to go to the, the hospital in your, on your behalf, just because you allow someone to go to the post office and withdraw a package in your name, it doesn't mean that you're giving that person authorization to go anywhere and do whatever they want with your name. It doesn't work like that, right? And it's the same way. With Jesus, we still need Jesus okay before we go and we use His name. The name of Jesus is not meant to be used or abused like some sort of magic that forces our Heavenly Father to do exactly what we say that He needs to do. That's why I believe Jesus is saying this. I believe that He's saying when you pray to the Father... You can tell him that what you are asking is something that I approve of. And it's something that I request myself as well. I believe the answer to our prayers is directly related to what we are asking for. So here's a lesson for us. When we present our request to God the Father in Jesus' name, you want to make sure that what you're praying for, Jesus is praying for. Jesus' requests are the ones that glorify the Father in His truth, in His faithfulness, in His power, in His grace. And if what you're praying for is what Jesus is praying for, then we know that the Father will never turn, turn, out, turn down His Son. We've got to have a link between our prayers... And the will of Jesus Christ. We need to understand what is inside the heart of Jesus. And what he wants us to pray. And you want to know the good news? The Father never turns down God the Son. There's only one time when God the Father turned down God the Son. And it was when Jesus bore our sins on the cross. Jesus said in Matthew 26, My Father... If it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. But then we know that at the cross, Jesus said in Matthew 27, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God turned down the Son because He was bearing our sin. That was the only time that that ever happened. That's the only time that it has happened and it will never happen again. God the Father never turns down Jesus. So the question on the floor is not whether we've been using the sentence in Jesus name in prayer but whether we are using it in an authorized way because an authorized use of his name an, an authorized use of his name means an unanswered prayer and i want to share with you this morning what are the requirements what are the prerequisites for me to be able to use jesus name in a legitimate way and one of them is this god demands total surrender let's read in romans 14 verses 8 to 9 the bible says if we live we live for the lord and if we die we die for the lord so whether we live or die we belong to the lord for this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. Jesus lived and Jesus died to take control of all of our lives. He requires from us total surrender, total submission to His Lordship. And He warned us in Luke chapter 6. Jesus told us, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not do what I say. Because it happens. Lord means you are my master and I am your servant. An absence of lordship means prayers will be unanswered. It's the absence of this loving rule of God in our lives that determines unanswered prayers. God knows that we're going to pick and choose what we like. We're going to pick and choose what we want from our lives. And many times we do not fully welcome His will to be done. In the prayer that Jesus taught, He said, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this means us. We're inviting the will of God to take over Maybe we have given him some time, some commitment, but he wants absolute, complete surrender. When we look at Colossians chapter 3, we find something very interesting. Beginning in verse 17, listen to these words. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So Paul is saying, do all, not some, in the name of Jesus. It talks about a lifestyle. It talks about surrendering our lives. We accept the Lordship of Jesus in our lives, and there shall be no boundaries to His Lordship in us. Paul said it in in 1 Corinthians 6, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. You are not your own. No person that has surrendered his life to Jesus goes back and says, actually God, I want a bit of my life back. Actually God, there are things that I need to decide by myself. Actually God, I don't know if I'm okay with this. In order to pray in Jesus' name and for us to see God move, we need to be willing to give up ownership of our lives. And if we continue reading in Colossians 3, and I invite you to do so at home, we see God breaking down this truth for us. He says, wives, husbands, be the kind of spouse that I want you to be because I am your Lord. He says, children, be the kind of children I want you to be because I am your Lord. He says, fathers, be the kind of fathers that I want you to be because I am your Lord. Then he goes into the workplace and he says, servants, when you go to work tomorrow, be the kind of worker I want you to be because I am your Lord. Do it all in the name of Jesus. Live your life. Accepting and embracing the Lordship that Jesus wants to have in your life. And then he concludes in Colossians 3, verse 23. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. When we pray, we're not serving ourselves, we're not asking for what we want. We are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything we do, we may have human masters. You may have even a terrible boss. How many of you have watched those movies? Horrible, horrible bosses. Okay, I think I, not so many. Only you identify with this. I'm not going to call you out to say that you find your boss a horrible person. No. But people, in these complicated relationships that we have, even in family, even in the workplace, God is saying, above all, we're serving our Lord. Above all, we're serving our Lord Jesus. Whatever it is that we do, we have to do as we are serving Jesus Christ. You work for the men but you serve the Lord. We don't even get to go to work tomorrow morning without Jesus being Lord. And He wants to own our homes. He wants to own our lives, our money, our time, efforts, work. He wants it all. And in Matthew chapter 6, He tells us no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. So we can have the Lord and something else deciding our lives for us. Accepting His Lordship means that He has the right to rule and many times even to overrule our plans, our marriages, our singlehood, our work, finances, activities, entertainment, and I've been preaching for many years now, and I am still learning the true meaning of total surrender. And I think that we all have many steps to take in that direction. Not just surrender, but fully surrender. Because the more we surrender, the more of God we will see. Because we are together. Because we live in this closeness. And in the heart of God, whatever the Father thinks, the Son thinks exactly the same thing. And whatever the Son thinks, the Holy Spirit thinks exactly the same way. God is always on the same page. The closer we get to Jesus, the closer we get to God, Whatever it is that the Father thinks, whatever it is that Jesus, whatever it is that the Spirit of God thinks, it's how we need to think as well. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, 1, 2, 3. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. When we allow the Holy Spirit to renew our minds, we're able to think the thoughts that Jesus himself has, the thoughts that the Holy Spirit has, and that's exactly the things that we need to be praying about. You see, it's not enough to believe in God when we pray. It's not enough to like God and to appreciate God. It's not enough just to say these words in Jesus' name. These are nice. These are important things. But this doesn't mean that we are abiding in Jesus. This doesn't mean that we're living out the Lordship and we're living out in closeness to His heart. John chapter 14. Let's go back to it. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. In other words, Jesus is saying, if your heart is one with us, I will grant you what is going to bring honor to my Father and me. So what we ask in prayer reveals that level of, of intimacy, that level of spiritual intimacy that we have with the Lord. And when we go to God in prayer and we're fully surrendered, and when we go to Him in the name of Jesus, and when we ask what will bring honor and glory to our God, we know that He will do it. 1 John chapter 5 verse 13 says I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life We know as Christians that when we place faith in Christ alone he gives us this inner confidence of our own salvation a conviction inside of us that we belong to him that we're his children But now notice what he says right after this verse. He says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of Him. So many times we are in the Word of God Check. We're praying in His name. Check. We are surrendered, fully surrendered. Check. But still, sometimes we don't receive straight away the answer to our prayers. Am I the only one who has experienced this? Who has waited for an answer from the Lord in your life? Who is currently right now today waiting for the Lord to answer a prayer that is in your heart? There is this gap of time between a legitimate prayer in Jesus' name and the answer from the hand of God. Knowing that He is going to answer because we are following what what Jesus has said. But this lapse in time, I believe, is for one reason. And one reason alone. And the word for it is preparation. Either God is preparing it for you, or He is preparing you for it, or He's preparing the two for each other. It's preparation. God will use whatever time is needed for the preparation for the answer of our prayers. For the requests to be answered. And when we qualify to receive the request, it will come. This is the good news on the topic. The not good news is that you and I, we can delay this process. We can delay the preparation. We can decide... I'm actually not going to fully surrender. We can decide I'm not actually going to obey everything. And next next thing you know, 25 years have passed. And you never got to surrender. So you never went through the preparation. So you never had the answer to your prayer. If you know some of the stories in the Old Testament and the story of the people of Israel leaving Egypt, many of you know... That it should have taken Israel about a month, a month and a half between leaving Egypt and entering the promised land. They ended up walking in circles in the desert for 40 years. Because they never accepted the preparation that the wilderness was designed to give his people to receive the promise. So as a final lesson to us, don't reject the preparation in the waiting. Don't reject the preparation that God is doing as you wait. God needs to prepare us before we get a final answer to our prayers. Waiting is a powerful framework For the transformation and for the healing that God needs to do in our lives, whether it's physical, intellectual, emotional, or spiritual, God is in the waiting. James chapter 5, in some instructions that this apostle is giving to the church, he's saying, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray, over him, to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Let me explain why I'm bringing this verse. He says, if you pray in the name of the Lord, the prayer will heal the sick. For prayers to be answered, we need to address the sin. Now, biblically, we know that not all sickness is due to sin, but a lot of sickness is. And the Bible also says that none of us can say, I am without sin. So every time we come to the Lord, we need to address the sin. God is saying, pray in the name of the Lord. And God is saying, don't ignore the spiritual when you pray. Your focus may be on the physical, whatever it is, but don't lose the focus of what is spiritual. Don't ignore your heart. And especially don't ignore the sin. It's likely that most of our prayers, that we want a God to change stuff, is in the physical, God, give me better health. God, give me more money. God, give me a new car. Give me a new job. Give me a new house. Give me a spouse. Give me a nice marriage. Give me new clothes. Give me and give me, grant me. Many times we want God to do something physical. And there is nothing particularly wrong with that. We can pray. We can say what is in our hearts. We say that all the time in church, prayed, and God knows your heart already. So you might as well say it. But we often want Him to do stuff in the physical realm without Him touching the spiritual realm. Many times, our attitude without knowing is God, I want your blessing, but please don't touch my sin. God, give me my blessing, but please don't touch my rebellion. I don't think God really minds your physical requests. If I look back in my life, especially when I was a child, I remember that I prayed to have a Dreamcast. How many of you know what a Dreamcast is? Because I like play video games. But you know what? Even that silly prayer, God answered. I don't think God really minds those requests that we have. But most importantly, if we want to pray the prayer that is in the heart of Jesus, if we truly want to pray in Jesus' name, He wants to address the spiritual needs. He wants to address what is inside our hearts. We cannot hide away from His presence. God always has the right answer to what is inside of us. We're not living our f- a full life, an abundant life as Christians if we do not pray. But prayer isn't simply to have a habit and a routine and finishing our prayers by saying in Jesus name and thinking that that is enough. Our prayers prayers finish when God answers our prayers. Our prayers finish when God answers our prayers. And he may say yes. And he may say no. And he may say wait a little longer. Because I'm preparing something for you. Just be in the waiting. But many times we feel satisfied with the routine and with the habit. There it is. I voiced what was in my heart. It's done. And we do not expect the Lord to answer. We have no expectation of God's will to be revealed in our hearts. Our prayers only finish when God answers. And that needs to be our expectation. That's why when Jesus said, pray, ask in my name, and I will do it. Because he wants us to live in that expectation, that holy expectation of God's perfect will being manifest in our lives. And I believe all of us want that. I believe all of us, we all want to see more of God in our lives. We want his perfect will to be revealed. But we need to start praying like Jesus taught us to pray. I invite you all to stand with me this morning. I want to invite the worship team to come. And as you close your eyes, and I I hope my prayer is that through all of this, you've already been examining your prayers. You've been examining what is in your heart. Maybe you're thinking and you were wondering, why is not God answering me? Why is not give, God giving me this request that is so simple? It would solve everything. Why, if Jesus said, pray in my name and I will grant it, why are you not moving, Lord? I believe that some of us this morning, we need to move past having a long-distance relationship with God. Just like when you're driving a car, and if your mobile phone is far away from the main antenna, what happens? The connection gets choppy. There's a lot of static in the line, and all of a sudden, you cannot pick up things clearly from God. And God cannot hear your prayers correctly. When we get too far from God, our requests will not make sense. We will not be able to hear God answering. So, if God's challenge and if Jesus' teaching for us this morning, if He wants us to pray and if He wants to grant us what we're praying about, if we want to experience God's power moving in our lives, like never before. We not only need to pray in Jesus' name, we need to increase our pursuit of intimacy with the Lord. We need to get closer to Him. And we can do it through His Word. Learning the things that He loves. Learning the things that move His heart. Learning about the things that he wants to do. What are the dreams of God for your life? Every time we approach God's word, is God speaking to us? And when we know what is the will of God, when we pray what is in the heart of Jesus, And when we pray in Jesus' name, I believe we will see His power at work in our lives like never before. My friends, I want to see God's power move in my life like never before. I want, when I pray in Jesus' name, I want to live in the holy expectation Of seeing God's will perfectly unfold in my life. And many of you may be Christians already, but we're all seeking God this morning. And at whatever point that you are in your relationship with God, the Bible says we come to God in the name of Jesus. Jesus is the only mediator. No one else between you and God. It's Him. So if you haven't fully embraced the Lordship of Jesus in your life, if you haven't accepted that what Jesus did on the cross was for you, to save you, to give you a relationship with God the Father, then that's what you need to do this morning in your heart. In the deep down of your heart, you need to cry out, God, I need Jesus. Jesus. I need Jesus to come in. I need Jesus to make reason of this mess that I've made in my heart. I surrender. I've tried to do things on my own, but that hasn't worked out. Please, Lord Jesus, come. And I know that Jesus is answering that prayer right now. The more you come closer to him, the more you will see Christ followers here I don't have a card that grants me direct access to heaven, no I don't I'm in a journey with Jesus and I know that this journey will end with me one day living with God forever and ever and I'm in this journey with you and prayer is such an important part of that journey I challenge you to see your prayer life, your relationship with God, not in your request, not as something that you're dumping in the universe, expecting or hoping that something will happen. No. Prayer is saying God's plan and God's will. Lord, I want that will in my life and I pray that. I wish that in the name of Jesus, because I know that this is what Jesus wants for my life as well. And I tell you, we will see his power moving. We will see his power at work in us. Lord, as we open our hearts right now, as we stand in your presence and worship, Lord, I pray that you will speak to us what our human words cannot go, Your spirit will go. Help us, Lord, to live surrendered lives. Help us to live lives that are close to you. Help us to live lives that even if we have to wait, if there's preparation, Lord, help us to embrace that time and that season as well. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that you're helping us grow in this relationship with you with us, Lord, in the waiting. We pray this in Jesus' name.